This is Robert Picardo, the holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager, and Richard Woolsey from Stargate Atlantis. This is Vanessa Angel. This is Maris Ray. This is Christopher Heyerdahl. This is Clifton Collins Jr. This is Mally from Dollhouse. This is Alistair, and you're, you're just listening to the sweet and tasty sounds of the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. feeling about this. Kind of turning away from the things that I want to believe in. This is going to get pretty interesting. Define interest. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die? Only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. We are at peace, always. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now... From the end of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 43, and I am one of your delectable hosts, Scott Herzog. Hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. Are you delectable? Fine, delectable. Yes. Oh, well, let's let's let's. Well, we are a diner after all, right? That is true. They can feast on our words. We we serve up uh, great topics of conversation about the sci-fi world. Yeah, yeah. We hit news, gags, everything else that happens, trivia, anything you want to know, we can serve it up. Thank you for joining us tonight. We have a absolutely great show. Some great news happening in the sci-fi world. And in our sci-fi world, especially, and I'm excited about it. Miles, how has your sci-fi week been? It's been good, but it also sad at the same time because some of our shows are going on their winter hiatus. Yeah, talk about winter hiatus. Like, what they're taking like four months? Some of them. Some of them, yeah. So that 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 saddens me. So well, there's always the Winter Olympics, Miles. It's, it's not good. sci-fi. Yeah, true. True. Maybe we can make. What if we made the Winter Olympics sci-fi? What would that look like? What sports would you have? Something to do with lightsabers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lightsaber fencing, um, razor, razor chasing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be cool. Whatever we go yeah, up with. We, we, I'm sure we'll, that, that'll have to be a show in the future sometime. All right. Well, let's move into our show tonight. On our menu tonight, we have, as we said, many delectable things. We are going to talk about the web series Reese. Why you should check it out. We're going to talk about how Dollhouse is going to end with a bang, one that you will not want to miss. Even if you haven't really been following Dollhouse anymore, it's worth coming back to. Chuck Season 3 just got longer. The Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles meets ABC's V. You'll want to hear about this. Sci-Fi's Wire's 10 Most Awesome Sci-Fi Characters and our take in them. The mid-series, the mid-series, I guess it is, also mid-season finale, Sinks for SGU. We're going to talk about that and our perspective on it. Star Trek 11 is named a top film of the year. What's up with The Real Enterprise? and why you'll get your money's worth out of Avatar. A black hole remake in the works, and we have the scoop on Spider-Man's new villains, and DVDs are released this month that you'll want to add to your Christmas list, Mystery Science Theater, Lost Season 5, and Star Trek, the original series Season 3 on Blu-ray. Lots of good stuff on our menu tonight. We are going to feast, eat, and serve it up. Oh, yes, we shall. The difference between tonight's show and some other shows is we have no interview tonight. Miles and I were kind of reminiscing a little bit, but it's been what since episode? When was the last time we had a show with no one else on but us? I, I don't recall. It's 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 been a couple. It's been it's been a few weeks since we've we've done a show, just just you and I. A few weeks. Huh. Try episode twenty four. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's been a lot. Longer. Yeah, we're and we're in episode what forty three now tonight. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's pretty amazing. And even prior to that, we had a few people on. I know we had Mike Schilling and we had um, Farragut. Well, what's the guy's name? I'm making a fool of myself. Oh, John Broughton? Thank you, John Braun. Uh, we interviewed him. A memorable interview, obviously. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> but I, uh, we need to have him back on. We, we'll, we'll need a, maybe in January or sometime, we need to do a, what's happening in the fan world? Yeah. Right. And, and by that time, they probably should have some new projects that they're you know, getting off the ground. Yeah. 
Yeah, yep, absolutely. And maybe we can do just fan films in general, make it more of a general podcast. That way we don't have to do like all Trek, all. That way we can do Serenity, Star Wars, Trek, and all that. We'd love, love to see what else uh, other people are putting out. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things in our show news tonight. Just a couple of things about the show. We have some exciting people that are coming on to our show. Next week, our plan is to bring you Dayton, Kevin. They will be back. You heard them, of course, in the review of Star Trek Eleven. And we're also going to try and have the Vixen with, with us. We're talking about our Christmas list. What's going to, what sci-fi is on our Christmas list? If you want to give us what's on your sci-fi Christmas list, send it to us in the show. You can send it to us at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com. Or also call us at 1-888-508-4343. Or just send a, or Twitter us at the Sci-Fi Diner and you can um, just send us an audio clip with that. Or we can just email it to us or however you want to bring it to us. We have um, tentatively have scheduled Brian Jacob Smith from SGU. Said he'd be interested in doing an interview with us. In the process of working out the details there. Richmond Peck. Miles, you lined this guy up, right? Yeah, I met him on Twitter. Uh, he he is, uh, plays Georgie on V. Yeah, so we're, we're excited about that. David Allen Max planning coming up in January sometimes. He's an author of the Star Trek novel Vanguard. And we are going to have one of our favorite people that we've ever interviewed. Miracle from Dollhouse is planning to be back with us. We aren't sure exactly when that's going to happen. Hopefully before the end of Dollhouse. So some good stuff. Some good stuff, Miles. Some great people yep. we have interviewed here or have coming up to be interviewed. It should be fun. It will be. And by the way, guys, if you have any questions at all for these people, just email them to us. We'll, we'll, we'll share them. We've done that in the past, and we'll do that in the future. Want to thank? Want to give out a shout out to DVD Geeks for plugging us on their uh, la- the later November shows, and we didn't do that in the last show. I want to make sure I did it this show. And as always, you can support this podcast by going to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast dot com. And there's a place for support, and there are many ways you can go into supporting us. Miles, let's move into our trivia. All right. Last week, we asked the question, uh, what do Stargate, Sanctuary, and New Moon all have in common? And the prize was an uh, autographed picture of Clinton Collins, who played uh, A.L., uh, Nero Second Command in the new Star Trek movie. Absolutely. The, uh, and uh, the answer was? Uh, Christopher Heyerdahl. Yep, and, and we had a uh, bunch. We had a bunch of people write in with uh, answers to this. Right, but there can only be one winner. That's right, and that winner just happened to be Deborah Ketchner, I believe is the way you say the name. So Deborah, we'll be sending you your prize, a signed print of Clifton Collins, who played Al. Our favorite answer, though, one of our favorite answers, came from Chris Register, who said, "Well, the commonality is you talk about him in all your podcasts." Do we talk about Christopher Heyerdahl all the time? Uh, no, I think it was, what's the link between what, what do Stargate sanctuary and new moon all have in common? And the, mm-hmm. and that, and they're the things we talk about in all our podcasts, but, oh, okay. but not, not Christopher hired all. We've talked about him before, but not all the time. We like right. Christopher. He's a good man. He, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. All right. So miles, that's our trivia from last week, but let's tell, uh, what the trivia is for this coming week and how they too can win a DVD. Okay. For, uh, this week we are asking, what do Firefly, the 4400, Terminator, the Siracon Chronicles, and Dollhouse all have in common? And if you answer this correctly, you're getting what, Miles? You are getting a Justice League DVD. Awesome. And this is the original Justice League movie and well worth owning on DVD. If you know the answer, again, call us at one 508 4343 or email us at sci-fi diner podcast at com or contact us on Twitter at sci-fi diner on Twitter. And we will be happy to take your answers and pull them from a hat, conjure up the spirit of Christmas and give it away to one lucky winner. Yes. And that'll all be, yeah. And that has to be, uh, yeah, by the way, all answers are due by December 15th. And when you send your answers, please send your address with that. That would also, that would always help. So I believe that's about it for news. Let's uh, ready to get into the show. Let's do it. Yep. So before we get there, though, we have a promo from the Geek Cred podcast. I'm looking at my show notes. I have a spelled Geed Cred. But the Geek Cred podcast, these guys are out of the West Coast of the United States, and they talk about everything geeky. you got to check them out. Listen to this promo. We'll see you after the break. Do you drool over cutting-edge technology? Are you the first in line for the latest sci-fi movie? 
Do you stay up late at night playing video games? Do you consider being called a geek a badge of honor? Then Geek Red is the show for you. Join me, Steve Rickyberg, as I bring you in-depth, behind-the-scenes interviews to give you the inside scoop on everything geek. From tech to sci-fi to games, you name it, we geek it. Geek Cred, are you geek enough? To download and subscribe, visit www.geekcred.net and get your geek on. Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. In this part of the show, we are going to give you your 10, 10, and 10, except it'll probably be more like the 15, 15, and 15, or depending how long when do we get the 20, 20, and 20. So, but it's a, it's a place of the show where we talk about news, and since we don't have an interview tonight, we have a lot of space to talk about some really cool and good news items that we have on store for you. We are going to start with our Sci-Fi TV news. And this is not necessarily really a TV show. They're webisodes. And since we don't really have a webisode category, I kind of shoved it here. Is that okay, Miles? That works. That works for you. Our first news item is if you miss Sanctuary's Ashley, you have got to check out Reese. We, of course, I'm a huge fan of Sanctuary. Miles, you are not watching Sanctuary. Is that correct? Yep. There's just too much other stuff to follow right now yep i am right there with you anyways ashley of course if you're familiar with sanctuary died earlier this season but she is now back and not only her but if you want to watch those webisodes reese some familiar sci-fi tv faces will show up on the new web series reese including smallville's allison mack battlestar galactica's alessandro giuliani also on smallville isn't he that is true he is on smallville and sanctuary's Emily, wow, Uluru, am I pronouncing it right? I'm totally butchering that name, probably. Anyways, the late Ashley from Sanctuary, Sanctuary, live there. The late Ashley from Sanctuary plays Eliza, a revolutionary and companion. That reminds me of Firefly when I say companion. Mac, who plays Chloe on the CW show, will play a character named Marlise, an ambitious member of the sect. And Giuliani, Gata from Battlestar Galactica, plays Garin, an officer of the resistance and a comrade of Ran. So let's give you a little bit of a description of this series since I never heard about Reese until just a few weeks ago and, and some of you may not have heard about this show as well. Reese is a seemingly random wanderer being hunted by a terrifying religious cult, the sect. Traveling from nation to nation for years, she's accompanied only by a wolf. Fenrir. Together they must evade the assassins sent by the sect who'll stop at nothing to complete the task that they failed to achieve many, many years ago. Her past is shrouded in mystery, even as Reese can't recall the events of the tragic night of her entire family was slaughtered and she was forced to flee to the wilderness. On her journey, she'll piece together her past, her destiny, and a conflict that will hold the fate of the world in balance and a once peaceful kingdom of Elijah. I think this way, Eliza, Eliza will be of the battlefield. Other members include Christine Chaitlin, Sanctuary and Supernatural, Ben Cotton from Harpel's Island and Stargate Atlantis, Sharon Taylor, Stargate Atlantis, and Patrick Gilmore from Stargate Universe. So a ton, a ton, a ton of awesome cast in this movie. It's something I'm going to check out. Yeah. I mean, it's on the web. It's on YouTube. It's on their official site. It's free. It's well worth checking out and seeing See what it's like. Uh, I don't know when it's officially going to be released, but check out the site. I'm sure their official site will have a link in our show notes. We'll have more details on that. Uh, we'll also have the promo and the trailer in it. Miles, did you watch the trailer? By the way, little side note there, I, I started watching Smallville again, so I'm, I, 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 
I'm at the episode. The next episode I'm watching is The Wonder Twins. So. Oh, okay. You, you'll like it. No, oh, I'm sure I will. I'm, I can't wait to see our good friend Allison Scaglioni in that. So. She was great in that. Yeah, absolutely. Miles, tell us about Dollhouse. Well, did we fall asleep? Seems like weeks since uh, we last visited Fox's Dollhouse. That's because it has. But it's back oh, tonight. Sorry. Wake up for the next few weeks with the final episodes of the now canceled series. And we know creator Joss Whedon and, and we do. There's one thing that's certain. He's going to tell his story his way and take Dollhouse out in his style. We got seven on-aired episodes yet to see and Fox is going to air them regardless of how few of us decide to watch. Starting with tonight's, uh, this was been last week's uh, two-hour block and continue with uh, double headers for the next three Fridays in a row, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. The show then takes a few short breaks before coming back in January for the finale. So what do we have to look forward to? Lots of sci-fi guests as well as uh, Echo, Eliza Dushku on a mission of her own involving Rossum, the corporation behind the dollhouse. It's all about larger conflict now between Echo and Rossum, being told TV Guide. It's going to get very, very twisted. On December 11th, Echo returns to L.A. and begins to struggle with her multiple memory downloads in Meet Jane Doe, while Topher discovers there are dangers for our future when it comes to imprinting people. Alan Tudyk returns to guest star as a psychomaniac doll Alpha, who is up to his old tricks in A Love Supreme. Meanwhile, Ballard, uh, Tamaw Pennekit, tries to find allies in his mission to bring down the dollhouse. You don't bring Alpha back unless you've got something really fun for him to do, said Whedon, and that somehow involves a very violent Franciscan friar. The first of the December 18th episodes, The Attic, will reveal more about the mystery, this mysterious attic where, where active, actives go when they are bad. Dollhouse will return with the final three episodes starting uh, January 8th, 2009. The series finale, which airs on January 22nd, will be called Epitaph 2 Return, and will act as a sequel to the never-aired in the U.S. episode Epitaph 1, which explores a, a, I'm not sure if I pronounced the word right, a dystopian future, which resulted when Dollhouse technology got out into the world. It appears that the episodes written by Epitaph 1 writers, um, Marissa, Tank Corrin and Jed Wheaton, along with uh, Andrew uh, Chambliss and guest stars Felicia Day, who is also an Epitaph One. We are guessing this also may be the episode that sees the return of Amy Acker as Dr. Saunders, since she was prominent Epitaph One. Uh, it's available as an extra in the first season DVD set. Yeah, so wow, 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 wow. Some great stuff to be looking forward to in Dollhouse. Yes, I, I'm. I'm sad to see the show go, but I'm glad it's going to finish uh, strong. Well, you see, here's my problem. I feel that if Dollhouse this season would have started out with as high a caliber as the episode right before we went on break in November, and the episodes we had last night, and then continue this, like it seems to be what they're describing these episodes, unless they end up being bombing episodes. If they if they had started out this way, this show may have gone on for another season. I agree, and I don't know what why. What's up, Whedon? What's up? The Go best on. for last. I mean, it's um, yeah. y- it just you got to have something to get the viewers, in, you know, involved in. And I mean, the last stuff is is phenomenal. I mean, this last these last two episodes I thought were great. Love Summer Glau as uh, she's the main tech person in that dollhouse and her interaction with Topher. I loved uh, they got uh, Victor they, to to help. I guess uh, move things along. They made another Topher using Victor. Uh, just props to Enver. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but uh, Enver Gojakaj. He was spot on with his uh, impersonation of Topher. Oh, and even the voice. In fact, it made me wonder is if they recorded Topher's voice and he just mimicked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he was just you know pretending to speak and it was actually Topher's voice or not. I think it was his own voice. I, I, I thought I could tell a little bit of a difference, but but his mannerisms, he just, you know, he, he just, you know, he, if you didn't see Topher, you might have thought he was Topher. Well, you know, here, and let's talk about Summer Glau a bit. We were talking about Summer Glau before the show, before our show here, and we're, I thought, Miles, we had talked about when we first heard the summer that Summer Glau was going to be in Dollhouse and we were all psyched about it. That Joss has said that we that he wanted to take her out of the stereotypical role that we've typically seen her in. However, <laughs> however, what do we get? We get <laughs> we get the stereotypical thing that we see Summer Glau in. She's a psychomaniac. 
you know, running the Washington DC Washington DC dollhouse. And well, it's great to see Summer Glau on that. It wasn't quite what I was expecting something different because he had said this. So I don't know if he's leading me on or maybe maybe that was different for him. I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Summer Glau. I love to see her in this. I, I, I like watching her in a lot of what she does. But <laughs> this looks like the same stuff she's always in, though. I mean, she plays the damaged, a little bit crazy I just fear for typecasting. I mean, it would be nice to see her do something a little different. But I mean, she, she's great in this role. Don't get me wrong. And I enjoyed her, you know, her, her portrayal in this and love the interaction between her and, and Topher. Oh, yeah. Uh, not a huge surprise seeing her in that role. No, no, it wasn't. Um, I, I I did like to see the. I, I love that these two episodes really focused around Miracle. That we had to see a lot of Miracle in these two episodes. And uh, what Madeline, what's her last name? Madeline... I don't remember. Madeline's her first real name. That's yeah, all I know. Is her first real name, and then Miracle or November, as we uh, November or what was it? Melly, I guess, as we kind mm-hmm. of call her. And oh, great line! In fact, I'm gonna have to insert this line. I wish I had my uh, cell phone up here because I wrote it in here. There's something about Tanamal and her outside the airport, and how you know he was stri- He he really sacrificed everything to free her at the very end of season one, and right. uh, and how if. You know, and she she kind of asked him. He goes, "Are you going to still let me be free?" You know, because he was kind of there to take her in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he lets her walk away. But what a great line! I'm going to try and plug that in right here. You said you freed me. When someone's free, they get to make mistakes. Am I free? But a, a great line, a great line by Miracle, and a great line that. As far as allowing someone, if you really care about them, to walk free. Something about letting them make mistakes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was good. I, I tell you what, I am looking forward to the return of, of Alan Tudyk. I am. I, 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 I am too. I, I'm missing him from V. And V's, I know V's, we aren't going to see him again on V, but I'm glad we're going to see him a little bit in Dollhouse here. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. And we get to see the attic, you know, the, the fabled attic. Get to see everyone that's been shoved up there over the years. Yeah, I always wonder what is this attic and what's yeah. so, you know, yeah. what, what happens up there. So this will be good to finally tell us. It will be good. Let's move on. Anything else about Dollhouse before we move on? Just um, I, I have a feeling probably the, the show will go with a bang. These last few episodes will be great. but um, Probably for the diehards because I heard that, what, this past episode really was the lowest of ratings it had ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I just think. It just it lost the viewers. I mean, unless yeah. you're invested in the show, which uh, we are, obviously. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on into some news about Chuck. Now, Miles, did you ever watch Chuck? I've never watched Chuck. You have got to watch Chuck. Uh, season two is coming out. Oh, I believe sometime this month, or maybe it's early January. In any case, hopefully before the premiere episode of season three airs, because I haven't watched season two yet. I watched season one on DVD. But we are getting more Chuck, the news is. NBC originally ordered 13 episodes for the third season of its sci-fi spy comedy, Chuck, and then added six more when it moved the season premiere to January from March 2010. Now star Zachary Levi reveals that the new episodes will tell a completely new storyline. What we what worked out in our favor was that we didn't think we were going to do a back six, Levi said in a group interview Saturday in Beverly Hills, California, where he was pip- promoting Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel. We were only going to do 13, so the writers wrote an arc for 1 through 13. They were basically done writing them, and then the network said, hey, we'd like to do six more. And they're like, well, great, we can't rework the first arc, so let's just make these into a six standalone. And they'll be based on the 13 that we do in the first part of the season, but it will be its own little mini arc. Which is kind of a relief because obviously they aren't padding the series and they aren't trying to stretch out the 13 episodes into 19 episodes, which is kind of cool. It also means, of course, it's going to be on the air sooner, which isn't too bad. And they're going to have their traditional 8 o'clock Monday night slot, although it's going to start with a Sunday premiere, a two-hour premiere on Sunday, and then uh, the hour show the following, the, ne- the, the very follow- the, the Monday immediately after. Chuck returns January 10th on NBC with a two hour season premiere starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it's, 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 it's excellent. An excellent show. And Miles, any thoughts on this? It, you, I probably should make some time to watch this show. 
Yeah, it is. Well, you know, it has Jane in it. Uh, what Adam Baldwin is that? You know, it's just, yeah. That, and so one reason, you know, our, our Firefly connection is always to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you what I like about this, Miles. I love the fact that they said, okay, we now have 19 episodes. Let's just put in some filler material. I like the fact that they're sticking with the original 13 and kind of doing his own, almost like a six-hour miniseries. That that seems like a very clever way to go about it. It's 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 good. And if if you are lovers of Chuck, let us know your thoughts on it and what you're hoping to see out of this season. Again, I'm admitting I have not seen season two, but I love season one on DVD and cannot wait for season two to come out. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I did hear that Chuck has an upgrade. And so uh, looking forward to see how that all plays out. Take us away on some V news. ABC looks to Terminator for a V boost. Some observers may be preparing for the eulogies for the freshman ABC series, a V, but not the network itself. Sources have told Airlock Alpha that uh, two new producers have started on V this month, and they should be familiar with to genre fans. John Worth and Natalie uh, Chadi, is, is, I'm not sure if I pronounced her last name right, are the newest additions to the V staff, making the move from the Terminator uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, where Worth was an executive producer and, and Chadides was a, a co-executive producer. Their exact roles are unclear, but they expect to be a huge boost to the show's writing team and signal what could be continued confidence in the long-term vitality of V by ABC. The move comes in the midst of shakeups behind the scenes, including the recent decision to replace showrunner Scott Peters with uh, Chuck executive producer Scott uh, Rosenbaum on the eve of V's November premiere. Peters, best known for his work with USA Network's The 4400, had reportedly only held one episode of the series, which aired four hours in November and won't return until late spring. V got a solid start with the viewers when it premiered November 3rd with an overnight of 8.5 rating, 13 share, according to the uh, fast national ratings from the Nielsen Company. That was even more than enough to place it on a top of an all-genre show for the next first week of sweeps, and even finish in 10th place among non-news, non-event programs. However, by its second week, V fell by more than 22%, and it would eventually finish its initial run with a 6.710 average, 21% off its premiere. Worth and, and, and Chadidez do bring impressive resumes to the table. Uh, Chadidez wrote four episodes of Sarah Connor, which was canceled by Fox last season. She also was a co-executive producer for NBC's Heroes in uh, – in 2006 and, and 07, writing episodes Better Haves and The Fix. Other shows she worked on, Judging Amy and New York Undercover. Worth has been a key part of several popular shows over his career, including Sarah Connor, uh, Ghost Whisper, Nash Bridges, Picket Fences, and The District. He wrote four episodes of Sarah Connor, including the popular episode The Turk. The addition of Chadidez and Worth has not yet been confirmed by, yet by ABC or Warner Brothers Television. So until that happens, this should be treated as any rumor would. So your thoughts on this, Miles, this news story? A couple things. The fact that, that it's not coming back till March, which we already know, it, it, it does bother me. Yeah, uh, we talked I, about that in what, the last show? Yeah, because I thought that these, these episodes they had were really good. And so I'm a little concerned by whoever was, whoever was helping getting these episodes going and then leaving and a new team of people taking over it has me a little concerned that, that – um, about that, it, will they be able to um, just keep it going? I mean, I, I, I thought the, the first few episodes of V were excellent, and hopefully, it'll just keep it in the direction it's been going now. Yeah, it, you know, it's it, it's interesting because I remember back in September before V was airing that they had talked about V was, was filming, then they stopped filming, and then there was there was uh, then they were filming again, and it was on, it was off, and there was all sorts of drama going in the behind the scenes, and I think that has me a little concerned as to if you have people coming and going all the time, what does it say about the series? You know, right? And, and I, I'm with you. I love the first four episodes. My wife loved the first four episodes, and I, and we're crazy about V. We love V. We cannot wait to see V return. It's just again unfortunate that we're waiting till March. I do like the fact that they're bringing people that they, like they're, they're bringing people on from like Chuck, um, like Scott Rosenbaum. I'm also excited that they're bringing in Worth and uh, Ch- Chidez, I guess, I don't know, however you pronounced it. 
that these two, Sarah Connor Chronicles, we loved the Sarah Connor Chronicles. We loved, especially, it got better toward the end. So they were with that, and the, they were with that show in the final season. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're excited about this, the fact that these people are coming on, and we're just hoping that they can bring the intensity of Sarah Connor Chronicles and the, the humor of Chuck and everything else that comes into these episodes into this series and hopefully do it well enough that an ABC hopefully promotes it well enough that they'll bring back the viewers that may have been lost. Any show that, that starts, it, you know, it's going to lose some viewers the next time it airs. It, so that's not a huge surprise that they lost, you know, so, some viewers. I'm just being cautious, I guess, because I, I thought what they have is really good so far, but you're right. I mean, the people they have coming on are people who have, put out some good TV right. and good sci-fi TV. So hopefully, uh, you know, they'll get what V is about and, and just keep it, you know, keep that spirit going. Yeah. Which, by the way, quite a twist at the end of the fourth episode of V, huh? Yes. Kind of the same twist that they do in SGU, which we're going to talk about later on. Both shows have kind of had their kind of a semi-mid-season premiere, if you want to call them, or, or finale. By the way, V, of course, was off 21% of its premiere. My question, Miles, is that a lot? Like, for, like for in a show, like, is it, what's what's the average percent to be off a premiere? I, I don't know what the average is. I mean, I don't think 20, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but I don't know, if, if you still have 80 or 75% of the people still still watching it on a consistent basis. I don't think that's anything to worry about for the network, I would think. No, that seems to be – that still seems pretty good. I mean they had – you know, I, I don't know how much it was. It, it was it was well over 10 million people that watched the first one. So you still have many millions of people still watching the show. Uh, it, it's, it's good. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be certainly picking it back up when it airs. And I just hope that it does well enough for them to bring it back for another season after – the first season. So, mm-hmm. well, let's move into what sci-fi.com is claiming to be the 10 most awesome sci-fi TV characters in this fall's TV lineup. And so I'm just going to run down through these briefly. I'm not going to give a lot of explanation just to, just to tell you what show they're from and whether we watch or know anything about them or not. And then we'll see if there's any that we think should be added to this list. So here is their list of the 10 coolest scariest, funniest, and most fascinating characters that they've seen this fall. They start their list with Dr. Walter Bishop of Fox's Fringe. Miles, thoughts? Uh, I agree. I love love the Walter Bishop character. This guy is, you know, he, he's just very, you know, quirky. I mean, you, you can tell he's done a lot of drugs because he's, he's very out there, but he's a genius, though, on, on, on the flip side, though, so... Uh, I agree. He he is a, he is a cool, scary, funny character. Yeah, he he is one of the most interesting characters to watch in that show. He just is, you know, his fascination with food, his fascination with drugs, and then and just the way and and how all this gross stuff don't doesn't even ever seem to phase him, and how he's has this really complex and mysterious past. I am all for Walter Bishop being on this list. So totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, next on the list was Ryan Nichols on ABC's V. And uh, I just put a note in here that when I see this guy, I think it's the way his face is shaped. He reminds me of Dwayne Johnson a little bit, The Rock. You know, he, he reminds me of the James Ellison character from uh, Terminator Sir Connor Chronicles. There's, there's, there's a bit of a resemblance there. Oh, yes, you're right. I, I would agree with that. I would definitely mm-hmm. agree with that. He's played, of course, by Morris Chestnut. He's good in the show. I like him. He, yeah, I like his... I like his character. My um, question is, is he the most compelling character in the show for you, Miles? I, as much as I like his character, I don't know if uh, he he is an interesting character because it, it kind of came out of left field that he was a V. So the most compelling, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. See, I'm going a, I'm to a toss up between, wow, so many good characters. I, I'm a toss up between the priest, the FBI girl. I'm a toss up between Anna. I liked Anna. And I like the, the head of fifth column that kills, what, uh, Tudyk's character. And uh, Tudyk in this, in the first four episodes, interesting characters. Uh, Ryan Nichols certainly belongs in there, but yeah, I don't know if he's the most interesting. I would have picked some character from V to be on this list. I think, um, David Richmond Peck, um, the guy who plays Georgie, um, the guy who gets the, the resistance started. I think he's, you know, he, he, he seems an unlikely person to 
get the resistance started, but but he is. Um, I think his character is interesting, and compelling, also. Anyways, that's that one. And next on the list is Damon Salvatore from CW's Vampire Diaries. Miles, have you ever watched this show? Uh, I have not. I have not, so I can't really comment on it. But just so you know, he's on their list. Henry Foss of Sci-Fi Sanctuary. And Miles, we established already that you did not watch his show, but I have, and he is good. I'm not sure he's necessarily any more fascinating or stand out than the rest of the cast. Amanda Tapping, Christopher Heyerdahl. I, I have a personal love affair with Christopher, Christopher Heyerdahl, only because we met him and got a chance to interview him probably more than uh-huh. any. Um, but I, I think there's a good cast here. Will, uh, there's a good cast. And so is he fascinating? Yeah, but... I, I'm not sure if he's any more fascinating than some of the other cast, but I'm glad he's on the list. Castiel, Castiel of CW Supernatural. I've never watched a show, Miles. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't either, so I, I don't know if um, I can really. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those series I'll probably watch down the road. Just know right now, Doctor Claire Saunders of Fox's Dollhouse. Miles, your thoughts? I, I, I agree. She's an interesting character, but we haven't seen her in a while. So yes. I don't know if she deserves to be on that list just because she's been away for a while. Um, Sierra, I think, would almost be better on this list because we got that beautiful episode with Sierra, and she's an interesting, fascinating character. Yeah, I, I think that that would probably be a better choice. Um, all, yeah. all that we learned about her in that one episode that highlighted her life, she ended up in the dollhouse unwillingly. She didn't sign up for it. Yeah. Uh, but she ended up you know, still st- sticking with it, which is, you know. Like she had a choice. Like she didn't have a choice, yeah. yeah. Uh, Samuel Sullivan on NBC's Heroes. I, I'm going to admit, I think he is one of my favorite characters this season. Now, I haven't watched the past three or four episodes, but when I was watching it regularly in September and October and the beginning of November, I love Samuel. I'm liking the Samuel character also. I'm not sure his accent is always the best. He's still an interesting character. and He, he, he comes out as being like when he's trying to recruit the other heroes or people with power i mean he seems very benign very friendly very, you know uh, but then then you see his dark side so he, i would definitely agree he 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 definitely deserves to be on this list yep absolutely kara from the syndicated uh, syndicated <laughs> syndicated kara mm-hmm. on the syndicate on the syndicated legend of the seeker i can't comment on this i never watched the show I really should get Hearn to talk about that and what he thinks of Carrie. He probably loves Kara. I've never watched it. Miles, you haven't either, right? No, I can't comment either. Yeah. Eli Wallace from Sci-Fi Stargate Universe. Certainly an excellent compliment to the cast, and I love Eli Wallace. Yeah, he, he definitely deserves to be on there as well. It's either, him, came... it's either him or Rush. Well, actually, there's somebody else I'd like to add from SGU. I'm, try, I'm trying to remember the character's name. He He's the um, African-American sergeant. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't know his name. I don't know his cast name. I don't know the actor's name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Right. Uh, my wife and I are really enjoying his character. I mean, he, he every now and then he comes up with some humorous uh, things to say, but his character is interesting because when we first see him, he's basically in the stockade for some kind of disciplinary problem. And uh, But we see him starting to come. You know, I, I see him almost as like the – the Han Solo character from Star Wars that, with a chance to redeem himself throughout the series and, and, and do good things. I, I would put him on that list. Yeah. I, you know what? I would agree with that. And I think he definitely needs to bring be on that list. And I'm glad he, I'm glad that you brought him up and put him on that list. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, I forget what his name is. And I, I did it when I was thinking about it, I thought maybe the military commander, not um, Lou Diamond Phillips, but the guy that, is kind of in command of the destiny mm-hmm. other, other than, so I thought maybe he should be on there. And last but not least, we have Chloe Sullivan from Smallville, and she certainly is shining this season. She's probably one of the standout characters this season. I, I've always enjoyed her character. She sort of has always been Clark Kent's, um, I mean, she, she is stuck with him through thick and thin and even through some of their personal they, problems they, they may have had with each other no i agree uh, and, and we've seen her come of her own i mean she's 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 the one who's kind of running this watchtower thing and we, we, we've seen her step out yeah 
Yeah. Uh, now, uh, so that's a list of 10. Any that we should add? I mean, we kind of added some along the way, I guess, as we yeah. left. But any any others that we should add, maybe from some other – anyone from Flash Forward that should be on this list? Oh, Flash Forward. Um, John Cho's character, maybe. Yeah, I, I like his character because he, he's dealing with a crisis of you know trying to preserve his life. Um, there's some good characters. I think his character might be one of the more interesting and compelling. Oh, the, the guy – the one doctor – I forget his name, but the one doctor – The guy who's going to commit suicide. Right, and, yeah. and he does a complete 180. Uh, his character is very interesting and compelling. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, just a side note, this show and V commending on the uh, – commending both of them for you know, throwing spirituality in and wrestling with it. You know, right. As they kind of uh, talked about it. We've talked about how we appreciate what shows do you talk about that. I would add one more person on that list. I have to mention him. Topher from uh, Dollhouse, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, he definitely deserves to be on that list, especially with his work on that episode with, uh, with Sierra. Um, I thought, you know, he, he, he got out of his shell or, 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 you know, we saw him, you know, have a, have a, a moral crisis and uh, how he dealt with it. And just, just, just his work on the show, I think, is, is great. Yeah, he continues to be one of the more fascinating characters on that show. Let's move into SGU. Well, Stargate Universe ratings sink to a series low, one point uh, three point thirty four million for a fall finale. After taking a week off for Thanksgiving against the, the Monk series finale, which broke records for a one-hour uh, cabled scripted show, viewing for Stargates dropped uh, dramatically for the fall finale from uh, 1.891 million viewer live plus uh, SD viewers on November 20th to uh, 1.34 million in December 4th. It had a 0.5 live plus SD rating with adults 18 to 49. Uh, they're just talking about how the series uh, felt low, but let's talk about, this is a good place as any to talk about this finale. We had a couple of people, I kind of threw this out on Twitter earlier today um, and got a couple of responses from just, what do you think of the SGU mid-season uh, finale here because it's not the real finale for the show, but it seems like lately we they begun they begun to build fall shows when they take a break over Christmas or maybe a little bit longer. They have this what they call this mid season finale, and uh, so Kevin Bouchelder from the Tuning Into Sci Fi TV said, "Yeah, it's not very good. Isn't this supposed to be a space based show?" So he's not real keen on Stargate Universe. Uh, the Michael D. 1985 liked it. Obviously, it wasn't too major of a cliffhanger because we know that. Rush is going to use that ship in some way, and I would tend to agree with them. I love, you know, I am, I love the show. It's good. It is a well-written show, and it's. I'm not. This reminds me very much of Battlestar Galactica. It just does. I agree, and with all respect to Kevin, it's not just a space-based show. It's a, it's a character-driven show in space, yeah. and so it, you have eighty some people in this show, and. Under some extremely hard living conditions, and how they deal with it, and not just you're going to see how how they rise the occasion. You're going to see how they, you know, they, how they how, how they fall and screw up. And you're, you're going to, you're going to see them warts and all, um, and which was a, you know maybe it shouldn't have been, but it was just a surprise to see from Major Young how he handled. Um, spoiler alert, people! Um, if you haven't seen uh, Stargate. Um, how he dealt with uh, Rush uh, framing him for murder, um, just marooning him on that planet. Well, him and Rush have had that coming for a long time. Yeah, I guess this was the, their, their whole conflict coming to a head sort of thing, and, and, and it did. You know, what's interesting about Stargate Universe versus the other Stargate franchises is in all the other ones, they've had that kind of this common enemy, whether it be the Ori, the, the Gold, the, the Wraith. Whatever it is, they've had this common enemy that has kind of united this group of people. But here, you don't have this common alien enemy unless you're going to argue that the people of Earth and what they're trying to do is they're kind of in conflict with the Destiny people. Uh, the real conflict is happening between the military and the the common regular people that are on the ship. And that conflict and their struggle to survive. This is much more of a lost I guess, if anything, the ship is kind of a enemy of sorts or a mystery of sorts or trying to unravel. But you don't have a real common enemy here. No, you don't, except each other. And maybe that's bad enough. But you know what? 
I have been enjoying the show. I enjoy the character development in the show. I, I wish we would have seen – well, we did see the chair used. We just don't know the result of it. Yeah, I don't remember the character's name, but we'll see how he – if he survives his encounter with the chair. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't checked out SGU, find it on Hulu. Check it out. It's worth seeing, and at least Miles and I think so, and for whatever that's worth, and take it from there. Uh, just if you're fans of the way Battlestar Galactica told stories, and even Firefly did, uh, you will like SGU. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And it's not like they aren't using the Stargate. I mean, they are using the Stargate. They're getting into planets, and we finally see some other spaceships uh, around in this past episode, and the hint that maybe there's more than meets the eye here. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that that planet is totally, you know, void of life. No, and and I. I, I I'm trying to think who, who – well, the comment before about, you know, we know we're going to see Rush again. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's move into some sci-fi movie news. And to start us off, since we are lovers of Trek, Star Trek was named one of the 10 best film of the year. This, of course, is good for us. It's been a good year for sci-fi movies with what District 9, Star Trek, and the upcoming Avatar. But who was expected they'd actually be viable candidates for the prestigious awards? I mean, consider this. The venerable National Board of Review of Motion Pictures, a national film group, selected J.J. Abrams' Star Trek as one of the top ten films of the year. When was the last time a Trek movie was in a top ten list? The list also included Quentin Tarantino's alternate universe World War II movie, The Inglorious Bastards, Spike Jones' fantasy Where the Wild Things Are, and Disney's Pixar animated Up. No surprise there. The organization has also singled out Neil Blomkamp's sci-fi action movie District 9 and Duncan Jones' Creepy Moon, along with the year's top independent films. What's next? An Oscar for Star Trek? We can only hope. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be for the acting, despite on how well I thought it was acted. No real standouts there, like you expecting an Oscar. Maybe for the filming, the cinematography, the entire package, score, I don't know. I could see it get nominated. I don't. I mean, Star Trek has not won many awards. It's been nominated, though. It'd be great if, if uh, Leonard Nimoy might get an award. Uh, oh, now that would be, you know, best supporting actor. That would be cool. Yeah. Because his career is kind of coming to the tail end of his career, anyways, it'd be great. At least his acting career is deaf. I mean, I mean, he hadn't actually acted in anything a long time until he did Star Trek. So at, at seventy, yeah, yeah, and, seventy and Fringe, so, right, and Fringe, yeah. So we're not going to see him in too much other stuff, I would yeah. think. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night, Fringe. By the time this episode's up, we will see Nimoy again. Good, very good. Uh, he's in. This oh, by the way, tomorrow night is Fringes. We we're talking about midseason finales. They call it the midseason finale of uh, of Fringe tomorrow night. So it's supposed to be a cliffhanger. So looking forward to it. Take us. Let's talk about Enterprise. Okay, so some real science, if you will. Yeah, we never talk uh, about real science. We're all about science fiction, but hey. But this sort of has something to do with science fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Virgin Galactic names spaceship to the VSS Enterprise. The first manned commercial spaceship was unveiled today in the Mojave Desert. Uh, Virgin Galactic and its founder, uh, Richard Branson, also revealed another surprise by naming the ship the Enterprise. We definitely let out a nerd squeal for that one. Branson is uh, is a Star Trek fan and named his new ship uh, VSS Enterprise in honor of the famous Star Trek ships. And in 2006, offered actor William Shatner a free ride on the inaugural space launch of Virgin Galactic. In an interview in Time Magazine, August 10th, 2009, Shatner claims that Branson approached him asking how much he would pay for a ride on a, on a spaceship. In response, Shatner asked, how much would you pay me to do it? Uh, Wikipedia <laughs> So uh, we will post um, a link to our show notes uh, for more information about uh, this. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely – it was interesting and uh, you know, <clears throat> the price tag is actually a little bit more reasonable than uh, staying in space. Uh, but I forget what the price tag was. It was like, uh, was it two million? It might have been. It might have been even less than that. It, 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 it's pretty expensive to do it. But I'm, I'm glad that you know. I'm glad they're privatizing space. That that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, that's you know, that, that's what needs to happen. It does, and uh, you know, it's going to be expensive at first, but it'll get cheaper as, as more people do it. You know, it'll get cheaper in the long run. Maybe by the time I'm sixty, I'll actually be able to go up in space if they let me. Hey, that'd be fun. Hey, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Miles, think of me when you become rich and famous. 
<laughs> I won't forget you. All right, all right. In other movie news, we, of course, are eagerly anticipating next week's already Avatar's official opening. And I don't know if I'm going to see it opening weekend because my wife and I are heading to New York, but we have an official running time announced, and this is kind of interesting. The official running time has been announced by Fox to be 161 minutes and 34 seconds. Now, this is a tad longer than the two and a half hours that it had originally been doing rounds from the past one or two months. If we're able to take this into consideration, the trailers, then want us to sit through, if we take into consideration the trailers and want us to sit through three hours of movie. Some new featurettes have also been released from James Cameron's directed film. The new videos play differently from the ones we have earlier seen and bear, uh, and bear a nature documentary tone. The detailing of the visuals has definitely had the signature Cameron effect to them. Two and a half hours for a semi-animated movie, huh? Uh, you make sure you, you go to the bathroom before you get in the theater. Right. You know, it's, I am really looking forward to this movie. I'm really hoping I'm not going to be disappointed by it, Miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure yet. I, um, I'll have to watch a couple of the trailers, uh, see if that will – I mean, in fact, James Cameron's behind it. It should be good. But um, I, I, right now, I'm not yet wowed by it. Yeah, well, definitely a long movie. You definitely are going to get your money's worth out of it if you go. <laughs> you know, yeah. They aren't chipping you in movie length by any means. I mean, this is long for a semi-animated movie. Um, I guess they're calling it animated. It has a unique style of animation that's supposed to take us to the next level. But and at, at, at half a billion dollars, you know, it better be good. <laughs> it better be good for James Cameron's sake. Definitely better mm-hmm. be good. By the way, we didn't put this in the notes, but Twilight continues to rock five hundred and seventy million dollars third week in the box office. Uh, I guess they'll be making a sequel. Uh, well, they, they, that was planned, but uh, it's definitely worth making the sequel now. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, hit two pieces of news items before we hit out go out of movies. Let's talk about Disney. The Black Hole. Time for a remake. The Black Hole is on its way to be remade, and this time the Disney speculates success to follow. Disney had tried its hands at the sci-fi genre during the late seventies and eighties without much success. The nineteen seventy nine film released, written by Travis uh, Beecham, is set to pick up from where it left. Black Hole did not manage to move in a lot of audience to the theaters at the time of its release, but managed a good fan following by virtue of the home video release. The Black Hole was the costliest uh, sci-fi flick of its time, and this time it is being expected that the budget could go upwards with the new ideas being uh, experimented with. Hey, I'm all for it. We were talking about this earlier, but I'm a fan of The Black Hole, actually. Mm -hmm. And Miles, did you like it? I did, but I thought it was a little cerebral and moved kind of slow. Hopefully, whatever they do gives it a little more, you know, gives a little more emotion, I guess. Well, we are a different audience than the 70s audience was. That's for sure. Stuff does move quicker for us, and I'm expecting there'll be a ton more action if they do it again. The Mm -hmm. question, is this a remake or is it a sequel? Because the way it's worded here is that it's going to pick back where it left off. What does that mean? Well, it's been 30 years since it was out in theaters, so I imagine you, I imagine you just retell the story and you know punch it up a bit. That's what I would think. Think you should do, but we'll yeah. see. Hey, hey, we'll see what happens. All right, let's move into some sci-fi DVD news, and um, we're going to try. We'll make this fairly quick here. We have three DVDs that we're kind of reviewing here. The first one came out December 1st, and it was Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, what is it? Uh, 26, 16. I'm sorry. 3016. It's called, uh, with the holidays upon us and the spirit of goodwill toward men in the air. Let us be mindful of those less fortunate Joel, Mike and their hapless bots, Tom Servo and Crow T robot. This is, uh, these guys are going to be talking about movies and the movies that they kind of review in here. If you're familiar with it, they of course take the comedic approach of tearing apart movies especially older movies, and here are a couple that are more Christmas-oriented, or at least some of them. The Corpse Vanishes, Warrior of the Lost World, Santa Claus, and Night of the Blood Beast. So they kind of sit there in the theater and kind of tear them apart, and if you aren't familiar with Mr. Science Theater, uh, you probably won't want to check it out, but I've enjoyed some of Mr. Science Theater stuff. Uh, I, I have as well. Um, yeah. I don't watch it all the time, but... I don't know if you – it's not It's not, not a bad price. I should have put the price in here. I don't even remember what the price is, but they'll be linked into our show notes and check it out. And if you want to buy it, you can buy it on, of course, our store, which is mysci-fi store.com. 
uh, December 8th, that is this week, early this week, the complete fifth season of Lost, The Journey Back. The expanded edition was released, and it also came out on Blu-ray. And this, of course, is the uh, fifth season just in time for Christmas and just in time to be out early enough so that you can watch all of fifth season before season six begins in January. So you, you have never watched Lost, right? No, I haven't. I watched the first four episodes. And uh, mm-hmm. that's all I had time for, and uh, ended up gotten sidetracked with other sci-fi. But but something I know you're going to be excited about is oh, the I, next I, DVD, I, uh, December fifteenth, uh, Star week? Trek uh, season three Blu-ray. Uh, it features uh, now. This is a, the original series, right? Yes, this is original series, not the movie. The movie's already been released, but this is original series uh, season three. Uh, the last season it was, it was ever. Our, They've only ever did three seasons. Okay, so um, this is the final season of the, the original series then? Correct. Okay. So uh, some of the features, uh, uh, BD Live Portal, uh, where no man has gone before, rare and unaired version. Uh, David Gerald uh, hosts a, a 2009 convention coverage. Oh, may I stop uh, you? Did you see the where no man has gone before? Uh, I, I have, yes. Okay, so you have. So it's not that rare that you haven't seen it? No. Okay, go ahead. Uh, David Gerald hosts a 2009 convention coverage. Uh, he wrote the episode, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Trouble with Tribbles, Life Beyond Trek with Walter Koenig, the Anthropology of Star Trek uh, comic panel, uh, 2009, uh, Chief Engineer's Log, uh, The World of Rod Roddenberry. He's the son of, uh, of, of Gene Roddenberry and Magil Barrett. Uh, it was a Comic Con 2009, uh, Memoirs from Mr. Sulu, Captain Log's, Captain's Log, uh, Bob Justman, he was one of the producers on the original series. Uh, Billy Blackburn's treasure uh, uh, case, uh, Rare Home Movies, and Special Memories Part 3. And um, uh, it's boldly go. So a lot of good stuff on this uh, Blu-ray uh, set. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to – I might have to check it out. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe this is a way that I need to watch Star Trek on Blu-ray. I'm not sure it's going to – you think that's going to make the quality any better? It depends on what they do. If they a couple of years ago that what they did was they updated the the exterior shots so it didn't look so dated, and some of the the effects. Um, so and, and just cleaned it up a little bit. So I mean, it'll still have a 1960s feel, but but some of the things have been um, updated. You know, as far as the special effects to, to today's standards. Well, well, we can always hope. We can always yeah. hope. All right. Well, that's it for our news. I think we hit everything that we need to hit, and probably more. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's um, – we're going to wrap this up in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to hear from our good friend Alec Fenson and the New Forest podcast in the UK. Check it out. Here is their promo. Join me, Alex Fenson, at www.newforestpodcast.co.uk. Bringing you news, views, facts, figures, coming events from around the New Forest here in the south of UK, mixed with a selection of podsafe music. Join me now at www.newforestpodcast.co.uk. all those little news items we have we are getting ready to wrap up the show but not before we give you the sci-fi five in five and this week it is my turn but before we before i go into my favorite sci-fi five of five and tell you what that is i want to invite you our listeners to send us an mp3 mentioning your five favorite sci-fi movies books tv shows Ships, robots, whatever you want to talk about, bad hairstyles like we did the other week. In under five minutes, tell us about your favorite five things or worst five things in science fiction. Now, you can do that in MP3, but we'll take email as well. We'll read them. Miles and I are willing to do that. So um, you can just send them to us. You can send them to us at the sci-fi down podcast at gmail.com, and uh, we'll be happy to play them on the show. All right. My sci-fi five in five is going to be the five best fight scenes, in my opinion, of course, in science fiction movies. And this is in no particular order. These are just the five that I had, and I didn't really rank them. Number five on my list was the lobby scene in The Matrix, the first movie. I agree with you. That's a great fight scene. That is a great – I watched that. 
and the music and the way they do it, it's just great. I loved it. Number four with Anakin Darth Vader against Obi-Wan at the end of Star Wars The Revenge of the Sith. Great light, you know, great lightsaber battle scene. Maybe the best. Yeah, and I think what made that scene so good for me was the wrap up of that battle when he's when he feels when you just sense Obi-Wan's pain at losing his like dearest friend. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. Uh, number three was also Star Wars. Uh, this is from The Phantom Menace, and it's, of course, the Darth Maul versus Qui-Gon Jinn in Star Wars. One of the few good things about that movie. Yeah. And in some people's opinion, maybe the only good thing about that movie. Number two was the wizard fight scene in Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Especially watching these two old guys go at it. Oh, yeah. It was good. It was really good to see Gandalf in there. And number one, another scene from The Matrix. This one from The Matrix Reloaded is a highway chase scene. Uh, That was incredible. Yeah. And so that's just an incredible fight. Really from the Merovingian on when they're in the – it's just that entire sequence is just some really good fighting. I like it. Mm -hmm. The Matrix had a ton of good fights. And so it's hard to limit them down to these, but – that's it. That's my sci-fi five and five. If you want to comment on your favorite five fight scenes, go ahead. They can be different than mine. I'm okay with that. And uh, we invite you to do that. And uh, let's go ahead and give the show a wrap. You can um, tell us about the website, Miles. Okay. Please uh, visit our website, uh, sci-fi-diner-podcast.com. You could, you, you could uh, check out our past episodes. Also, leave your comments about the episodes, just about <coughs> – on the right is a great little search engine. Uh, if you're looking for where we, where we talk about something else on sci-fi, you click on, you see Star Wars, uh, V or something like that, and it'll lead you to that episode. Yeah, absolutely. And you can also find out how to support us financially. We don't often ask for financial support, but if you would, if you like the show and want to, you know, throw a few bucks our way, we would love to have that. It would help just cover some of the costs of hosting equipment and stuff like that. We are certainly not looking to become millionaires off of this podcast. That's for sure. We, of course, are on Twitter. My personal Twitter handle, and I invite you to follow me there, is Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. But you can also follow, and I would encourage you to follow this as well, the Sci-Fi Diner. And Miles, they can follow you. I am a Son of Wharf at Twitter, and I also have a Trickspace account, uh, just Son of Wharf at Trickspace. We have a Facebook fan page. We don't talk about it a lot, but feel free to join that. The link to that is, of course, on the SciFiDinerPodcast.com. And our email, if you have any questions, thoughts, want to want to yell at us for not mentioning your favorite show, hey, feel free to email us at the SciFiDinerPodcast at gmail.com. Our phone number for feedback on anything we talked about or promoting your favorite show or what you're, what you're liking in TV, feel free to call us at 1-888-508-4343. And that's it, Miles. Well, until then, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. 